I'm Glenn Richards, and it's a pleasure to welcome the host and creator of the Hidden Brain podcast and radio show, and the executive editor of Hidden Brain Media, Shankar Vedantam. Hidden Brain Media is an independent production company that aims to help curious people understand the world and themselves. You know his work as a journalist. He was NPR social science correspondent from 2011 to 2020, spent 10 years as a reporter at the Washington Post. Hidden Brain is dedicating the month of November to Healing 2.0 on both the podcast and the radio show, which can be heard here on Sunday afternoons at 2 on WUFT. So uh, once again, uh, welcome, Shankar Vedanam. It's good to speak with you. Thanks so much for having me, Glenn. Great to be here. You know, we met a couple of years ago. You came to Gainesville for the uh, Frank gathering. I remember it well. Yeah. I wish I was there now. <laughs> is it cold <laughs> where you are? It is It is on the cold side, and our thoughts turn to Florida as, as winter approaches. Yeah. So winter, normally a time, the holidays coming up, uh, and, and a lot of people going through a lot of different things with everything that's mm-hmm. going on in the world. Tell us about Healing 2.0. Yeah, we think that there is a lot of pain in the world right now, Glenn, and there's a lot of hurt on a lot of different fronts in the world right now. Uh, And this is also a difficult season for many people. Many people are remembering uh, loved ones who've passed on, um, missing people who've who've gone. And we thought we would actually pull together a series of uh, shows that explores the subject of healing and trauma and grief and how we can use psychological insights to recover from trauma, recover from loss, and to heal. That sounds pretty good. What uh, what kind of things are you going to be tackling? Well, there are several interesting ideas here. I'll give you a couple. Um, mm-hmm. One of them looks at the idea that when we think about our lives, I think many of us imagine that we are you know, sitting in a theater and watching the action unfold on the stage. All of us have this experience. We feel like we are witnessing our lives, and our lives have ups and our lives have downs. Um, The first episode in the Healing 2.0 series, which is going to run from November through early December, looks at the idea that we are not just the audience watching our lives, but we're also the author of the play in a very important fashion. And the way we think about our lives, the way we craft the story of our lives, plays a very powerful role in how we think about the ups and downs of our lives. So all of our lives, of course, have moments of triumph and moments of of failure or moments of loss. Um, And one of the really interesting insights is where you break your life, where you put the chapter breaks of your life, turns out to have a very powerful effect on your psychological well-being. So if you tell the story of your life in a series of chapters, and each chapter begins on a note of hopefulness or triumph and ends on a note of disaster or loss, uh, psychologists call that a contamination sequence where it starts high and ends low, that's less likely to be good for your mental health and well-being than chapters that are constructed where you're starting low and ending high. So you have what psychologists call a redemption sequence. Now, all of us have ups and downs in our lives. So really, it's up to us where we draw the chapter breaks of our lives. And it turns out that where we draw those chapter breaks predicts very strongly how we how we fare and what our well-being is. The other interesting idea that we're going to explore in this series is that we have actually significantly more agency when we go through tough times in deciding how we're going to respond to those tough times. Uh, This is actually a very old idea. It goes back to many spiritual traditions. And the basic idea is that losses and setbacks are inevitable in our lives. They're going to happen to all of us. 
What, what is under our control, though, is how we respond to those losses, how we respond to those setbacks. And by taking greater control over our narratives and how we respond to them, it doesn't mean that the griefs and the losses are eliminated. It does mean that we're not adding you know, an additional layer of grief and loss over the things that life hands us. Right. Why do you think uh, we have such a problem dealing with loss? I mean, we know it's going to happen, and yet we prepare for it. I mean, a lot of folks with parents that are going through, uh, you know, Alzheimer's and things like that, and you know that it's coming, and and we're just still never ready for it when it does. Yeah. I think think that is part of the human condition. I think when we care about things, we love things. We understand, I think, intellectually that those things might one day be taken from us. Um, And yet when that day comes, the fact that we knew it might one day be taken from us does not give us much solace. Uh, And in some ways, this is the human condition. I'm not sure there's necessarily something wrong with it. I'm not sure there's any way to really prepare ourselves so that we will not feel grief, we will not feel loss. In fact, it's arguable that grief and loss play a very important role in our lives. They help us They help us in terms of how we think about our lives. They allow us to have more empathy for others. They allow us to take, you know, to reflect more deeply on the things that are valuable and to treasure those things in ways that we might not in good times. So grief and loss by themselves are just, I think, you know, inevitable things that happen to us. They're not things that we can avoid. I think what we can do, though, is how we respond to the grief and loss. Um, you know, I was reading... Um, a book uh, the other day, and and it tells a very old idea from from Buddhist teachings. Uh, the Buddha talked about something he called the second arrow. He says, you know, you're sitting in the forest, and an arrow strikes you, and it causes you pain and hurt. And obviously, the arrow hurts. But one thing that you shouldn't do is have a second arrow strike that same spot. And that second arrow is how you process that grief and loss. If you don't allow the second arrow to strike you, the first arrow still hurts, but it doesn't hurt nearly as much as if you have two arrows at the same spot. Right. Um, one of the things that I, I saw in the preview of, uh, of the series, um, you're going to investigate uh, the idea that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I've heard that one for so long. Uh, yeah. And that it's just, um, so yeah, so you're going to do some myth busting. I think so. You know, this is a very, very uh, common story, and I think it's an especially common story in the United States. And the idea is that when you go through loss or you go through grief, not only are you expected to survive it, but you're expected to come out the other end somehow being stronger. Uh, If you think of many of our superhero tropes, uh, if you think of most superhero movies, they start with a moment of trauma and the person comes out of the other end with some kind of superpower that allows them to transcend, you know, ordinary human limitations. Now, this places an enormous burden on people who are going through difficult times. You not only now have to deal with the loss of a loved one or an elderly parent who has developed dementia or you know, a loss in your career or personal grief, but now you're expected to come out the other end being wiser and stronger for it. And we are going to, I think, uh, bust that myth because in some ways, I think this is not helpful to tell people we expect you to come out the other end feeling better than you did going in. I think it's to, it's totally reasonable to say there are ways to approach your grief and there are ways to approach your suffering in a way that can minimize suffering and improve mental health and, and well-being. But I think the expectation that we're going to come out stronger on the other side is actually something that is detrimental to well-being and to mental health. Yeah, because people are going to feel like they did something wrong if they're not. Exactly. If they're not. 
Exactly. And I think this is part of the issue, which is that I think if you are blaming yourself for what you're experiencing or blaming yourself for how you feel, that actually is going to get in the way of the healing that you actually can do. Um, and in some ways, it is it is a form of that second arrow that we talked about. You know, when you blame yourself, when you say, why am I feeling sad? Why am I so grief stricken? Why can't I get over this thing? In some ways, you are adding to the pain that you're that you're experiencing. And I think we would be well advised not to do so. Who are some of the guests that you've got uh, for the series? We have a number of uh, researchers. Uh, our kickoff episode is a researcher named uh, Jonathan Adler at, uh, at Olin College. Uh, we have a researcher named Lucy Hone. Uh, uh, she's uh, from Australia, but she also went through a personal trauma where she lost her own daughter in a car crash. And she started to evaluate the common tropes we have about the five stages of grief and found that, in fact, the five stages of grief uh, not only didn't apply to her, but are not super well supported by the research evidence. And so she used her own experience of trauma and grief to start to study the question of how we experience grief and how we recover from it. We also have a very unusual story that looks at whether there is a way to continue our relationship with people who have passed on using large language models and AI. I won't say too much more about that, mm -hmm. but it's an intriguing story that basically speaks to the human hunger that I think we see in every culture and every country where people want to maintain some kind of communion with the people who have come and gone before. And the question is, can technology help us do some of that? Well, looking forward to it. This is going to be going on the entire month of November. Healing 2.0 is uh, Hidden Brain new special series exploring how we can change our lives by taking a closer look at the stories we tell ourselves about our lives. And that'll be on both the podcast and the radio show, which you can hear Sunday afternoons at 2 here on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. Shankar Vedanam, it sounds uh, this is going to help a lot of people, I hope. I hope so, too. Thank you so much for having me. Ken. All right, Shankar. Good to speak with you. Take care. Bye-bye.